The learning of object-related skills does not seem to be an area in which manipulation or exploitation is problematical. Children learn skills such skills largely from their peers and parents, and it seems unlikely that circumstances arise frequently in which one individual can profit from inculcating maladaptive tool-using behaviors in a second individual. Indeed, with the exception of college laboratory classes composed primarily of undergraduate pre-med majors, manipulation and deceit in the teaching of physical skills is probably rare among human beings. In contrast to the uncompetitive circumstances surrounding tool use and manufacture, however, opportunities for people to profit genetically from controlling, manipulating, and exploit exploiting each other sexually are ever-present features of human existence. As discussed in Chapter 1, reproductive competition is inevitable in the sense that success or failure is always relative. And among organisms that reproduce by internal fertilization, the sine qua non of reproduction is copulation. Without copulation, parental behavior is impossible and survival is irrelevant. In part, an animal maximizes its reproductive success by controlling its own copulations and those of others. If there is any validity in the argument I have presented, the features of the human brain that make possible variable and complex sexual behaviors and exper experiences entail a non-committent evolutionary elaboration of relatively inflexible sex-related emotional-slash-motivational neural mechanisms designed to ensure against the development of maladaptive sexual behavior in natural environments. An evolutionary perspective implies that as long as selection is potent at the level of the individual, a tabula rasa view of the human mind is untenable, even in theory. The argument can be presented as follows. The only known circumstance in which selection favors substantial behavioral plasticity is when cultural knowledge replaces innate knowledge. The human cerebral cortex that makes possible language and skilled tool use implies natural environments containing language speakers and skilled tool users as surely as the vertebrate 
I implies natural environments containing a specific frequencies of electromagnetic radiation. Two, cultural knowledge is transmitted non-genetically from one individual to another. Three, among sexually reproducing organisms, no two individuals except monozygotic twins have the same genotype. Hence, no two individuals have identical reproductive interests. 4. Therefore, an individual must have mechanisms, and I assume these are best described as emotional-slash-motivational mechanisms, to recognize and look after its own interests. Quote-unquote. If it lacked such mechanisms, it would be vulnerable to random environmental influences and to exploitation. I am arguing, in effect, that just as the members of a species may exhibit a variety of behaviors but similar anatomy, so the variability in human sexual behavior and custom may be underlaid by certain uniformities of mind. From this point of view, emotions and intellect are not opposites. Emotions by definition are non-rational, but they are not irrational. In psychic life, the intellect is how the emotions why. Evolution and self-interest. <clears throat> While natural selection may operate at the level of a social group or even a population, selection at these levels almost always is negligible compared with selection at the level of the individual organism. Williams, 1966. Alexander, 1975, and Wilson, 1975, therefore argues that the central problem in sociobiology is to explain how altruism could evolve. I enclose altruism in quotation marks because the sociobiological meaning of this word differs from its ordinary meaning, and I wish to contrast sociobiological altruism <coughs> with ordinary altruism. Wilson defines altruism as self-destructive behavior performed for the benefit of others. But nearly all the words in this definition are meant in non-ordinary senses Self-destructive refers to the reduction of personal fitness. The benefit of others refers to the enhancement of the fitnesses of other organisms. Performed for refers to typical effects on the fitnesses of other organisms, not to, in not to intention or motive, 
and is as applicable to mindless organisms as it is to organisms that are capable of having intentions. In ordinary usage, however, altruism means devotion to the welfare of others, regard for others as a principle of action opposed to egoism or selfishness. Oxford English Dictionary Altruism refers primarily to intent or motive, devotion to, regard for. Hence, a mindless organism could be neither altruistic nor selfish. Furthermore, the effects of an organism's activities on its own fitness or that of others has nothing whatever to do with altruism. Welfare is not synonymous with fitness. In short, Wilson's altruism has only to do with the survival of genes, while altruism, in the ordinary sense, has nothing to do with survival of genes. Eddington was in no danger of sowing confusion among physicists and writing popularity of non-solid pranks. His error was believing that laymen could describe, could understand the concepts of modern physics without understanding the language, mathematics, in which these concepts have meaning. But I believe sociobiological rhetoric about altruism and selfishness misleads laymen and scientists alike. Consider Darwin's Consider Dawkins' explanation for the title of his book, The Selfish Gene. 